My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Would you lift your voice? Would you praise the name of Jesus? Would you worship him this morning? Press through for just a moment, saints of God. Give him glory and honor. Clap your hands under the Lord. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. have one more opportunity to give God praise, one more opportunity to come together in one mind and one accord. And isn't it great to gather with people of like precious faith who want to see Jesus exalted, who want to see souls saved and born again of water and of spirit. How many of you desire the harvest that God has promised the church in this hour? Who wants to be a laborer in God's harvest? It really is good to see all of you this morning. Why don't you just turn to somebody, just say, say, it's really good to see you this morning. It really is. Good to have all of you in the house. The story that I will present to you this morning is found in John chapter 9, and I'll start in the narrative at verse 24, but it is when Jesus healed the man who was born blind. And I would like to present and speak about some observations that I've made concerning this miracle that perhaps you may not have thought about. But hopefully, as we pick up the narrative, when the Pharisees were questioning the man because they were displeased by the miracle, because it put them in an uncomfortable position because the miracle was undeniable. And it put them in an uncomfortable position and generally people, when they don't want to change their position and they're uncomfortable, then they fight and they resist. And so that's what happens to people. In John chapter 9, verse 24, then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. And he said, I really don't know whether he is or not. He said, but this one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. My, my, my. Is anybody glad that once you were blind, but now you see? 
Well, then if you can't deny that, then you go to the methodology, okay? How did he do this? I want to know what did he do in order to make this miracle. He said, I've already told you the story, and you didn't hear it then. If I tell you again, do you think you'll accept it now? And then they reviled him and said, thou art his disciple. Well, he wasn't even a disciple. He didn't even know the man. He'd never really met him other than that one time. And he was healed. But we are Moses' disciples, and we know that God spake unto Moses, as for this fellow we know not from whence he is. And the man answered and said unto them, Why herein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he opened mine eyes. And now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. And since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of the one that was born blind? And if this man were not of God, he could do nothing. And they answered and said, Thou was altogether born in sins. Now they're bringing up his past. I mean, well, isn't that something they move? How did he do it? What's his methods? Because we can always trap him on his methods. And then if we can't get him on his methods, we, we certainly can't deny the miracle. We can't get him on his methods. So here, here it is. Here we're going. And we're going to do one more thing. We're going to remind you of all your past. Wow. Same thing. Pharisees, they don't change, do they? They're the same all the way down the line. That making a difference. What generation? And he said, Dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. And Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He says, I don't have the slightest idea who he is. He said, Who is he? And I'll believe on him. And he said, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talks with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. So that's your response to all of this pharisaical resistance that you sometimes experience from people, here's your response. Worship. Worship. Let, let me ask you this. Do you know you're saved? Do you know your sins have been washed away? Do you know that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life? Nobody can change what you know God has done in your heart. I've got the Holy Ghost and fire. I've spoke with other tongues. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. And I believe that the Word of God is true. So my response is I'm going to worship Him. My text, the right place, at the right time. God bless you. You may be seated. You are not where you are or when you are haphazardly, but because you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. In this day and time that we're living in and in this kind of hour, we need to know and we need to be convinced that you are not here by accident. Whatever the circumstance you think brought you to this point, you need to recognize that the hand of the Lord was in everything that has happened and you are come to the kingdom 
for such a time as this. And I feel so strongly in my spirit to tell somebody this because you need to hear this because the number one strategy of the enemy is to try to get you to think you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I promise you, you are in the right place and the right time and you're in the right church and you need to be persuaded of that. That's what Mordecai told Esther when she was in the palace and he was at the gate mourning because of Haman's treachery. And he says, And who knoweth in Esther 4.14 whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Now it may be that times get better and it may be that times get worse. I don't know which one it's going to be for you, but I do know we did not pick this time, nor did we choose this time. It was chosen for us by a divine hand. Ephesians 1, 4 says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now that means God has a purpose for every single one of you. He has a purpose for this church. He has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose for your family. And I want you to know that the massive gates of destiny swing on the smallest hinges of circumstance to move us into the right place at the right time. You may think you or somebody that you love is far, far away from the right place at the right time, but you just might be closer than you think. Quit looking at the circumstance surrounding you and how you feel about everything at the moment. You say, but Brother Kenzie, it's been such a long time since I've been happy. It's been such a long time since I've felt free. It's been such a long time since I've had peace. It's been such a long time that I wasn't worried. And it's been such a long time that I've stood up on the mountaintop and breathed the clear, cool air. It's been a long time since I felt loved. It's been a long time since I wasn't so burdened and that load so heavy. It's been a long time since I haven't had pain in my body. It's been such a long time, but I've come to tell you, you're in the right place. At the right time. And today, I feel like saying this because the devil don't want me to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Today could be your day that Jesus and the promise of the healing comes walking down that dusty road and swings those doors open. You might have thought just a mama brought her baby out and didn't even see Jesus slip in and walk down this aisle and touch your bruised heart and all of a sudden your response is worship. You need to get that in your heart and you need to quit dragging your feet and you need to quit whining about everything that's going on in your life. Your purpose, I said, God has a purpose for your life. Quit complaining. Well, what happened to your praise? 
Stop complaining and understand you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. You are not a creature of chance. You are not here by accident. You are a child of the king washed in the blood of the lamb and your name has been written in the lamb's book of life. This is what I know. 1 Corinthians 2.9, Paul told the Corinthian church, they were really messed up. They had a lot of problems. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. That's not just when you get over there into heaven. It's all your life. Every day's been counted by the Lord. Every moment has been put in his book. And there's no telling what God is going to do. Do you know what God can do in one instance of time? Do you know what God can accomplish in one moment's time? That God can do anything but fail. God can do anything but lie. God can do anything but make a mistake. God can do anything but miss his mark. God can do anything but that. And I've come to tell you, there is no reason for you to doubt. There is no reason for you to complain. There is no reason for you to disbelieve about your situation in life. There's no reason to turn back to this world because there ain't nothing but a diseased, virus-ridden world that wants to control your every thought waiting on you outside the kingdom of God. I refuse to turn back to the weak and beggarly elements of the world. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to trust the Lord and I'm going to worship him. Woo. Hallelujah. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to praise him. What do I need to do to convince you? Do I need to run the aisles, open it up the blinded eyes? What do we need to do? to convince you of this truth. When you can't track him, trust him. If the earth is removed from out of its place and it seems like your life is turned upside down, trust him, he knows what he's doing. You see, my life, I look back now and I see the hand of God. I attended church and I came to the right place at the right time. We were in a season in our church where it was very difficult for people to get the Holy Ghost. People just didn't get the Holy Ghost like they do here. They walk up here and they get the Holy Ghost. It's just amazing. But in our church, because of all of the things that happened in the latter rain and all the teaching that was given, we had a difficult time praying people through. And so I had a difficult time getting the Holy Ghost because of that. That was just the atmosphere of the church at the moment. But one day, one day, I kept at it and I kept staying in the altar and just all of a sudden, old Brother Welch, he would just be right there praying with me and he would pray and he would pray till every dog died. He was one of those bulldog prayer warrior altar workers. He would not give up. He would shake you, rattle your mouth, you know. Come on, come on, come on, speak it, speak it. I mean, he did everything in the book, and I still couldn't get it. But finally, one night, the Holy Ghost fell on me, and I began to speak with other tongues. 
and I got baptized in Jesus' name. And I started living for God. There's been some ups and there's been some downs. God has moved in my life all my life. He has shut doors on my nose, on my toes, and on my fingers. I've got it caught trying to stop it, trying to open the door that God told me was going to shut, and I didn't believe it, but he shut it on my nose and broke it. But thank God he shut the doors because for every door he's ever shut, he's always opened a better door somewhere down the line. My response... My response has to be, I will worship you with a shut door and I will worship you with an open door. I will worship you when my heart is so hurt. I don't know if I can breathe another breath, but I will praise him and I will go down shouting because I'm going to trust in him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in the Lord. I said your lost loved ones are coming back to God. What you think is impossible, God is moving invisibly all the time while you don't even see it. Because you're at the right place at the right time. Amen. He's been working things out. I had no idea that the hand of the Lord was working. There were things that happened that I can look back now and I can see the hand of the Lord, but at the moment I had no idea. I had no concept that God was working behind the scenes. And I can't understand anybody that doesn't really get excited about their new birth experience. It just doesn't compute to my mind. And maybe I need to understand you to maybe help you because I've always been excited. I got saved and I've never gotten over it. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't just sit in church and just look and stare off into space and wait for, you know, Kentucky Fried to open up. I mean, I'm just not going to do it. Pizza Hut's not that good. I said pizza is not that good. Now, I have had some pizza that was really good, but Pizza Hut's not that good, especially if you do the buffet. I'm sorry. The buffet is not that good. And fried chicken, after you've had it once, it's just about the same as it always has been. But I'm going to tell you right now, when you come in here, something can always be different. God might move on somebody. I don't know what method he's going to use. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when. But I'm going to be at the right place at the right time. And the right place and the right time is worship. That's what puts you. That's what puts you in the right place at the right time. When you get up in the morning, one of the first things you ought to say, I, I, I don't understand people that aren't morning people. I really don't get it. Some of you aren't, you, you haven't woke up yet. I, I'm wondering if we just need to have coffee right now. Just pass it out and wake your hides up. I'm a child of the king. My feet hit the floor and I'm crying, praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord hath made. And y'all been up, I've been up for eight hours almost. Woo! 
Ha, I'm ready to go. What's wrong with you? Well, Brother Kenzie, I, I, I'm just barely here. I'm, I, you got the Holy Ghost in fire. You got the same thing I've got. Quit whining about your circumstance. You ought to say, this is the day. He has moved me and positioned me and made me and molded me until he has moved me into the right place every time, not one time. Not one time, Keisha, but every time I've been at the right place, woo, at the right time, because I've never let anything steal my hand clap. And I'm saying, church, don't let anything stop your worship. I know this verse here in 1 Peter 2 and 9 has been quoted hundreds and thousands of times in your hearing. Many times you have heard it and worshiped to it and God has blessed you. But I just want to read it to you and I want to read it slowly because I want you to understand it and I want you to receive it. But ye are a chosen generation. Is it on the cheat screen? Okay. So y'all can read it with me. But I want you to say, I am, instead of ye are. I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I am peculiar. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, we know you are. I am a peculiar people. I will show forth the praises of him who has called me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I am chosen. I am a child of the king. Royal blood flows through my veins. My sins have been washed away. Revelation 1, 5 and 6, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us. I'm not making this stuff up. You can't make this kind of stuff up. It has been created since the beginning of time and set in motion by a redemption that's greater than just the Pentecostal movement. It has been an everlasting gospel and covenant. He has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory. What's my response? To him be glory. What's my response? And dominion forever and ever. What's my response? Amen. What's my response? Amen. So I'm going to say it till you say it. I'm going to say it till you're convinced. I'm going to say it till I drive out every depressed spirit. I drive out every negative tongue. I drive out every negative word. If I only get one of you believing it, I've accomplished my mission. Because then that one will be able to convince somebody else. Blind Bartimaeus was at the right place. And he was at the right time. 
So his response, I will cry out the more. When people try to shut you up, when circumstances try to shut you down, I say I'll cry out the more. The more I hurt, the more I worship. The more I go through it, the more I worship. The more I'm down, the more I praise because he is worthy. Now notice, Saul of Tarsus was at the right place at the right time on the Damascus Road. Now, understand, he had no idea. As my grandfather used to say, I have no idea. How many of you ever had an idea? Well, he didn't have a single idea about what was about to happen on that Damascus road. He didn't pray for it. He wasn't asking for it. Nobody was praying for it. They were just praying for relief. God, you got to shoot up here amongst us because one of us has got to have some relief because he was tearing up the church, dragging them all to jail. You got to do something about this situation, God. I'm sure they were praying that, but that was about all they were praying. And God, Jesus, showed up on the Damascus Road and interrupted Saul of Tarsus' life. And he had no idea what was about to happen. And he said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. And you're kicking against the ox goads. You know why? You are hurting so much as you are kicking against what you have lost. And you can't kick against what you've lost. I have lost things in my life that I cannot get back no matter what I do. And the more I kick against it, the harder it becomes and the more it hurts. But he did give him this message. Arise and go into the city and there you will be told what thou must do. So you know what I do when I've kicked against the ox goads and all they did was prick me and I, I thought I was hurting but I hurt myself more because I was fighting what I have lost and I'm trying to regain something that I can't get back because it's gone and I have to let it go and I have to put it in the hands of the Lord. But if I want to be at the right place, I got to get up from where I'm at. I wish somebody would just rise up and somebody would say, I'm going to get up from where I'm at. And I'm going to go to church one more time. And I'm going to hear what I must do. I wish I could just come down there and kneel right in, in front of you and tell you, you're in the right place at the right time. I wish that I could take your hurting heart and take it out and give you a heart of peace and a heart of healing. I can't do that, but I can tell you that you're at the right place and you are here at the right time. That everything, whoo, everything that's happened in your life has brought you to this church on this service to hear this message. You are not here by accident. You are here on divine assignment. And you had no idea. No idea that it was God 
who had set it all up. Now, let me get to my story before my time runs out. I got a few minutes here, so let me get to my story. The blind man. He was born blind. Now, listen to me. The first thing the disciples asked, first thing they asked is, who sinned? Who messed up here? I want to know why this brother was born blind. It wasn't an accident. He wasn't in a war. Somebody didn't poke him in the eye with their finger. Uh, it, the man was born. And the inference in the scripture, according to the original language, is he was born without eyeballs. His eye sockets were empty. That he had no eyeballs. That that's the reason why he could not see. Very difficult to see if you don't have any eyeballs. And so... Jesus, that's the reason why he, he reached down and made the mud pie. He wasn't trying to put on a show. He had to make some eyeballs. We were formed from the, see, y'all missed it. We were formed from the clay. So he went back to the source. And because he is the creator, he can take from the source and produce what does not exist and create it out of nothing. See, you didn't think about that, did you? You think it's an impossible situation, but my God is in touch with the source. That's worth shouting about right there. I'd shout if I, if I could finish the message, but I want to finish this because it's important. And, and, and when things mess up, the first question you ask, it's always the same. Who's messed up? Who's sinned? Who did wrong? What did I do? You ain't did nothing. We was all born sinners. Now, I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but I've come to tell you, it's not your fault. Now, that, let me give you the second thing. It's not anybody else's fault either. Let me give you the third thing. Hush up. It's not anybody's fault. First thing, it's not your fault. Second thing, it's not anybody else's fault. Third thing is, hush up. Woo! Well, y'all didn't shout on that. I thought that would really get you going right there. Right there, I thought that would be the best blessing the whole service. Hush up! Oh, are you talking to my wife? Praise God. No, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, not just to your wife or husband or whoever you want to hush up. Hmm? No eyeballs in his socket. Trying to blame somebody for the problem. And that's where you get stuck, is trying to figure out what do I need to change and who do I need to hit? <laughs> and where is my baseball bat? I'm going to take care of the situation and you're not going to fix anything that way mm, you're not going to fix anything but here's what Jesus said now I know that people are blind to why you come to church they don't see Jesus like you see Jesus they don't understand why you tithe they don't understand why you worship they don't understand why you clap your hands they don't understand why you fast and pray they don't understand why you see the value in all this is because they are blind 
And they have limitations. And because of those limitations, they're limited by the limitations. And so oftentimes Pentecostals have limitations because we're not infallible and we are still sinners and we've still got flesh hanging on our bones and we still have handicaps and we still have mental issues and we still have problems that we have to deal with and physical issues and we have attitudes and we have all kinds of things that limit us. But it doesn't make any difference what the limitations are. Jesus didn't show up in this man's life so he could reveal the limitations. They were already imposed by the circumstance. Oh, oh, somebody must have sinned. Everybody has sinned. Just go and point out anybody you want to. Stand them up. Everybody here has been a sinner in their life. Guess what? We've all sinned and messed up and come short of the glory of God. Quit judging everybody else. That doesn't mean you excuse their sin. It just means you focus on something better than what somebody else is doing. It'll give you a better attitude. Now, this man had no idea. Now, listen, this is so amazing to me because Jesus made an awesome statement. And if you don't understand that what Jesus said is true, then you won't understand what I'm about to speak about because I believe it was true. But it's amazing. He said, nobody sinned. This is what Jesus said. Nobody sinned. He was born blind for one reason. Mm. So that I would show up today and God would manifest his glory and to heal him. What? Say what? Do you think that this man who was positioning himself at that moment to just simply beg for alms in order to make a living, which he was allowed to do by law, if he had a certain cloak or a certain garment that he wore, he would be able to uh, accomplish this and he would be able to do that. And they all had a certain place they went to and all he was doing was begging so that he can make a living. And he had no idea Jesus had an appointment with him. Jesus knew the disciples were too dumb. They didn't know. Say, <laughs> I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And you're dumb. Hallelujah. And you're still ignorant. And you still don't know what's going on. But that's all right. Jesus still loves you. Glad he does. Aren't you glad he does? If what Jesus said is true, now I take the Bible at face value, that means that what Jesus said was exactly true. That nobody had sinned to cause this problem. This man was born blind so that he would have a rendezvous with a miracle. My, 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 my. Oh, Somebody, Kara, I want you to just say amen. 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 God, how in the world did he set all of this up so you could have that baby and train that baby in the ways of the Lord? I don't know how God does all of those things, but I know my response will be worship. When you think everything's against you, 
It's just an opportunity. When you think everything is about to come down on you because you're a sinner, think again. It's coming down on all of us because we're all sinners. But thank God I was saved by grace. And I may not be perfect, but I'll tell you what, I'm at the right place. And it's the right time. And I, and I said, Lord, I, I don't want to preach this this morning because ain't nobody going to believe me. I said, they're going, they're going to point to somebody did something, and they probably did, and somebody ain't did this and did that, and somebody offended me, and I'm messed up, and I'm a sinner, and I'm that, and I'm the other. And you're probably all of that, and they are too. Probably a lot more, more than you're admitting. How many of you really know you only admit the sins that make you look good. <laughs> uh, how, how many of you know that? You, you know that about yourself? See, I, I'm teaching you things you didn't even know about yourself. You only admit what makes you look good. And that's all of us. I understand that. I'm not asking you to admit anything. I'm not asking you to reveal anything. Don't need to know because I know that you need grace. I do know that. There ain't a single... There ain't nobody in this room that's going to make it without the grace of God. Not one person. Without the mercy of God, not one of us are going to make it to heaven. But thank God. When I was lost, he found me. I was at the right place. I was just a kid. I had no, nobody would have voted on me to be the most likely to succeed at anything. I was a part of the class and the, and the part of that class that made the top part possible. <laughs> I would never amount to anything according to the world standards. I didn't know how to preach when I started to preach. I didn't know how to do anything when I started trying to do anything. But thank God, I was at the right place. And God found me. And by some miracle, I got this in my life. And, uh, and, and she is so wonderful. And she's a gift from God. Woo! But church, I felt it so strongly because somebody needs to know. You don't know why all the bad stuff has happened to you. And I don't either. And I'm not here to try to explain that to you. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus has set it all up. I said he set it all up for you to have a rendezvous with a miracle. God has set it all up 
He's going to come walking through that. I don't know when it's going to be, but he's going to come walking through that door. And when he does, he's going to touch you and you're going to be healed and your heart is not going to be heavy anymore. And I'm going to keep on worshiping until that time comes. Hallelujah. My goodness, do y'all feel what I'm feeling in this service? Somebody just found hope. Somebody just discovered. You don't have to leave here in utter despair. You don't have to leave here in utter pain. You can walk out of here now saying, I don't know when and I don't know how, but I've got a God, that I've got an appointment on the calendar, and he's gonna show up. I was in my devotion this week, and I saw the hand of the Lord at work. And I saw, it, it, you know, I would have missed it if I hadn't have been looking so intently because I wanted to preach this message and I said, oh God, they're going to be sleepy. I said, I'm going to have to wake the brothers up. And, and that's all right. That's all right. I'm, I love you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. Come on and sleep. Hallelujah. This is the rest in which you may cause the weary to rest. We're just fulfilling prophecy. Hallelujah. Go on and rest. But I said, I would have missed it, but I was looking for it, and I saw the hand of God. And I, he said, you don't even know what I've been doing all along through this COVID, through this pandemic. <laughs> you don't even see what I'm working out. My, <laughs> You don't even see what I'm working out through all of the circumstances surrounding everything. So, well, God, I can't explain all that. He said, don't explain it because... That's not your response. Quit trying to say somebody did something wrong. Quit telling me who sinned and who messed up and who did this and it was the Democrats or the Republicans. They didn't have nothing to do with it. People just exploit whatever the circumstances is for their own agenda or their own purpose. That's all that is. They didn't do nothing. You need to quit worrying about who did what. And my response is, I'm going to come up in here and I'm going to worship. And if I have to worship at home quarantine, I can do that too. I'm not limited. But I've come to tell you that God's moving everything for his purpose. And there ain't nothing happening that he didn't choose to happen. And he's allowing it because he's moving everything for this world to have a rendezvous with a miracle. I said your miracle just walked in the door. Your miracle just walked in this house. Your deliverance. Because you're in the right place. You can stand at the right time. Quit kicking against it. I've done it. It hurts. And not only do I have the hurt that's already there, I have the hurt that I'm causing myself. 
I remember many years ago, I was praying about a situation, and I said, God, I don't understand. What do I need to do? How, who do I need to bump off? You know, what, what do I need to do? <laughs> he says, worship me. He said, because I did this. You did what? I did it. He said, this is my doings. This is my doings. And he said, the sooner you accept my work, the quicker you're going to come out of it. Mm, 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 mm. As soon as you accept my work, the quicker you'll come out of it. Oh, it still took time. Don't get me wrong. It didn't happen that day. And it didn't happen a week from there in two weeks or three weeks or a month. I had to prove I was going to let God do his thing. You know what? I came out. This was many years ago when I was just a, a young preacher. But now don't remind me. I'm not a young preacher anymore. Okay, I get that. I mean, people started calling me elder. And I said, who, who, looking around. And there wasn't nobody but me. Was it the white hair? Is that what gave it away? Well, I was a young preacher once. But it was at a time when I didn't understand what was going on. The injustices that were done were beyond my comprehension. And God did nothing. Nothing. To redeem me, vindicate me, fight for me, or nothing. But he said, don't you set your hand to it said, because if you set your hand to it, my hand moves off. And as long as your hand is on it, I'll never touch it. But if you'll get your hands off of it, then it'll make room, Hayasorah. I'm preaching to somebody. It'll make room. Some of you are grieving over wrong choices you've made, and you need to stop grieving over it right now. God's allowed everything to happen to move you to where you are right now, and nothing you've done is going to stop your destiny if it doesn't stop your worship. That's a prophetic, direct word from the Holy Ghost. You hear me right now. God will not hold you accountable for what you've done. He will forgive it. And if you'll repent and quit doing it, God will change the whole situation. Turn it around. Thank you, baby. I felt it in the Holy Ghost. I needed to bless her today. And thank her for being in my life. Because that's a part of my destiny. I wish somebody, I just wish y'all would shout and just shock me to where I'd have to go to the hospital. Tear me out of here on a stretcher because I'd just be laid out in a coma. Shocked completely half out of my mind. The church has woke up on a Sunday morning. 
course, you're standing up because I told you I'm quitting. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I get to go to Pizza Hut. Praise God. But before you go, I want you to go to Pizza It's all right. It's all right. But before you go, I want you to hear it one more time. You're in the right place. And you're at the right time. That blind man had no idea, and I don't have any idea when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, but I know, I know it's going to happen. This one thing I know. I was blind, but now I see. You're coming out of your circumstance. You're coming out of your situation. You're going to make it. And we're going to be here to help you. Now, if you want it, I want you to step out and come to the front and say, I got to have this. God got to do this in my life right now. I need God to talk to me right now because I've been hurting. Perhaps wrong choices, what somebody did to you. And I'm not saying they didn't do anything to you. I'm just simply saying that it doesn't make any difference what they did. God can trump all of that if I can speak you to worship and trust in him that he's going to take care of you. Come on. Come on, God's got, because the door of destiny swings on the smallest hinges of circumstance that are beyond your control, beyond your understanding, but this is the Lord's doings, and it is marvelous in our eyes. I mean, God even showed me in the Word I mean, I was looking for a word from the Lord. He said, you don't need a prophet to speak to you. And I opened my Bible to my daily devotion. And there it was. I I don't do too much of just opening the Bible and looking at a verse because you can really get messed up that way. But when you're in a devotion, you don't have to do that. You're in that word every day. And he said, I have done this. He even stated it to the person in the scripture and, and the Lord just spoke it to me and said, I did this. I brought you to this time so I could develop you, so I could prepare you for your destiny and what your purpose is in life. So I want you to step out right now and say, I'm coming for my destiny. I'm coming for my miracle. I'm coming for my purpose. And I'm coming for the will of God in my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how God's going to work it out on your behalf, but I do know this. He's going to work it out. You're at the right place. You're at the right time. Your hurting heart does not stump God. It might baffle us because we don't know how to heal a hurting heart. We might be totally baffled by the circumstance, have no clue what's going on. But I know this, you got a rendezvous with a miracle. I know this, you got an appointment with the master. And on a day, and on a time, 
when you have no idea Jesus is going to show up and walk into your life. Form the clay and put eyeballs in your sockets and you're going to see. Come on, come into your destiny. If you're with your family and you're comfortable, I want you to reach out and connect with them and begin to pray with them in the Holy Ghost right now. Would you do that? If you're with your family and you're comfortable with that, I want you to reach out and begin to pray with them. You don't need to reach to anybody else, just to your family. And I want you to reach out and I want you to connect in the Holy Ghost and I want the Spirit of the Lord begin to move on you. You hear me. God is not going to hold you back. He's not going to keep you from your destiny. You just keep positioning yourself in worship. Oh, yes. injustices that have been done against you. Believe it. God has a destiny for you. And it's not been ruined. Delayed. God has his own way of doing stuff. I don't understand it. I'm not here as a guru to explain it all to you, but I am here to tell you I have confidence that according to this miracle, you're at the right place.
We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.